0: Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Yesterday, Colin, you explained to us the parable of the sower because, of course, our programmes this week have all been about the kingdom of God. Today we're going to talk about this link between the kingdom and salvation. The kingdom of God is likened by Jesus to a seed a mustard seed that grows and develops into a tree, the seed that the sower scatters, the word of the kingdom of God that falls into different kinds of soil, and so on. This means that the kingdom, all the life, the potential power and authority of the kingdom is contained within that seed. If you, for example, take hold of an acorn In the palm of your hand, there is an oak tree. Potentially there is an oak tree. Nothing will be added to that seed, to that acorn to make it an oak tree. Potentially the tree is there in the seed in your hand. All it needs is the right soil, and we talked about that yesterday, the different kinds of soil in which the seed is is sown. It needs light and it needs water Now, there is a clear link in the teaching of Jesus and of the New Testament between the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God. We saw it earlier in the week, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit, the living water, is given to us to water the seed of the kingdom, to enable it to grow and develop in our lives. That's the purpose of God, to plant the seed, but then to see the life grow, develop, become fruitful. The light, of course, is the revelation that we receive from the word of God. So the soil is your heart, the light is the word, the water is the spirit. These three working together enable the seed to grow and develop in the way that God intends. We need the Word of God because, first of all, the Spirit reminds us of everything that Jesus said, takes the Word of God and declares it to us because the Word tells us how to live the life of the kingdom, what God expects of us as those who belong to the kingdom and in whom he has invested his kingdom, it shows us what authority we have, what power is available, what resources God has made available to us once we belong to the kingdom. So we have no real understanding of the kingdom or how to live the life of the kingdom or how to operate as those who belong to the kingdom unless we are men and women of the word of God. So we see that God gives the fullness of his kingdom in the seed but he plants within us when we're born again. But God is well aware that this whole process of growth has to take place in us for us to bear the fruit of the kingdom, to actually be fruitful and fulfill the purpose for which God put the kingdom within us in the first place. Now, at what point is a person saved? This is a very controversial issue among Christians. We can see that the kingdom of God is in itself a reality, and yet living the life of the kingdom is a process. Now, this, of course, is tied very closely in with salvation. When a person is born again, that seed of the kingdom is put within him. If you like, that is the seed of his eternal destiny. John, in his gospel, uses the phrase, or Jesus uses the phrase, eternal life. Now, in John's gospel, you can see that the phrase eternal life and kingdom of God are virtually interchangeable. That if you've received the kingdom, you've received the gift of eternal life. Now, eternal life is eternal, which means that it doesn't end. So you have the seed of eternal life, if you like, of eternal salvation put within you. Now what's God's purpose? That seed has got to grow and develop. That's why God has put it there. God hasn't put the seed in there just to get you to heaven. God has put the seed, the life, the kingdom, salvation, eternal life within you so that you live that life, bear the fruit of that life, and then you can enjoy your heavenly reward. Now, what happens if that seed is sown in a person's life, but it's never watered? There is no revelation of the word of truth, that the heart of the person is not really transformed. How can we understand that person's destiny. Well, I think we saw, didn't we, from the parable of the sower that the word of God can be sown in the heart but then snatched away by the enemy. If that heart does not really truly receive, we saw that the the uh, seed that falls upon rocky soil, a person has not truly been born again. That person has just made some kind of superficial statement or commitment that is not really has not really led to a transformation of life. We've, we saw the double standards, the double-mindedness, the divided heart of the seed that fell among the thorns and thistles. But we saw also that the seed that falls in the good soil produces the fruit. Now, this is what God intends. That life that God puts in us when we're saved grows, develops, the life of the kingdom grows and develops within us, becomes stronger and stronger and stronger, is evidenced in more and more areas of our lives, so that rivers of living water flow out of our lives. Now this is God's purpose. I don't I, I believe that Jesus left it very ambiguous, deliberately. What happens to people? if this process begins but is not completed? Well, God alone is the judge. That is what we see in scripture. It is not for us to determine the eternal destiny of anyone, but to know that at least that seed of eternal life, that seed of God's eternal kingdom is put within that person. Now, if you were to push me and say, what do you believe will happen to these people that are genuinely born again, have genuinely received that saving grace, have genuinely received the life of the kingdom, but that life doesn't grow and develop. My guess, and nobody can know for certain, but my guess is that This is what Jesus referred to as those who will be saved, but only as through fire. Their reward in heaven will not be great because what will happen on the day of judgment is the reward will be assessed, Jesus says, according to what we have done. Now, that's not getting saved, that's the gift. The kingdom of God is the gift. But what reward we have in heaven is clearly from the teaching of Jesus going to be the result of how we have lived that kingdom life, how we have lived the saved life, how we have lived the will of God. Because remember, he taught us to pray, and we saw this earlier in the week, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, you see, what is it What does it mean to live the life of the kingdom? It means to do the will of God in your life. What does it mean to live as one who is saved? It is to do the will of God in your life. It's not just to say, oh, hallelujah, I've been saved. Oh, great, God has given me his kingdom. Now my eternal destiny is secure and safe. See, whether that is true or not, it denies the reason for god giving a person new birth of putting the seed of the kingdom within them of giving them eternal life of giving them salvation all that is a gift but god's reason for the gifting is so that we live the life that he gives us and therefore are witnesses to the world around us that the kingdom of god is present so we have to be very careful how we live oh yes yes and I mean, Jesus made that abundantly clear. Paul and the other writers in the New Testament, all of them make it abundantly clear. Uh, you know, you, you, you look at what John says in his first epistle, for example, that um, if you do not love your brother who you do see, how can you think that you love God who you do not see? Because if you love God, then you will Love your brother also. So what does it mean to be born again to love God? What does it mean to be saved? You love God. Before you might not have believed in him. Before you might you certainly didn't know him and weren't in relationship with him. But the person who is born again loves God, loves Jesus, loves the Holy Spirit. Uh, and because he loves, he wants to do the will of God in his life. So Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandment. Loving God is not attending a service, lifting your arms in the air, singing a few hymns and choruses to the Lord, saying, I love you, Lord. To love God is to live in obedience to his will. Not to get saved, but because you are saved. Not to get into the kingdom, but because the kingdom is within you. And you want to express that salvation life. You want to express the fullness of God's life. You want to express the Holy Spirit. You want to express the kingdom in your life. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com.